Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon. I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend. I'm awake today, buddy. I'm awake. I'm ready to record this. Get rocketed into a wonderful, wonderful 4th of July weekend. Got any fun plans this weekend, pal? Going up to the lake, uh, going to see my parents, hanging out with them. Danny and I are going up there. Um, Sunday might watch some fireworks in Fort Wayne. And then uh, Monday, not sure what doing Monday because I got, I got Monday off work, but uh, going to relax, enjoy celebrating the independence of the greatest country in the history of the world and uh, wearing a lot of red, white, and blue. How about yourself? Uh, I have tickets to great tickets to uh the mariners texas rangers game here in seattle this sunday um tomorrow nothing exciting pages working um feel like we have something monday or tuesday but i'm blanking out i don't know we're, she's off for three days we're gonna enjoy ourselves somehow some way uh and yeah best country on the planet um Fourth of July, my favorite holiday. Might rock a stash for the game. Got some Rangers jerseys for the game. Um, hopefully see – I don't know where they do the fireworks in Seattle. Hopefully, like, off the water. Hopefully going to be seeing that. So, we'll see what happens. We got uh, kind of an open plan here. So, nothing nothing specific. Uh, today, we got Colts tight end position. Um, some Colts news for you. A divisional breakdown of the AFC West. And a little bit of news around the league. And, of course, new kid at school. Uh, Andrew, the Colts tight end position. Frank Reich, probably his favorite position besides quarterback. Uh, in his offense, tight end, very important, featured big time. Uh, going to see a lot of touchdowns, hopefully, out of the tight ends. We're going to see some great blocking out of the tight ends this year. Um, with Carson Wentz and his legs, it's exciting to see. You know, some, sometimes tight ends run those chip and goes on uh, defensive ends, um, delayed routes and whatnot. So we could see some exciting stuff out of the tight ends this year with a more mobile quarterback. Um, let's get started at the top. WWJD, what is Jack Doyle going to do this year? WWJD, uh, we, we, that's one of our favorite sayings, I think, out of all the Colts sayings we, we talk about. But, but Jack Doyle, the ultimate professional. I mean, last year, we got to admit, last year wasn't Jack's best year by far. I was looking at the stats, and last year he, he only had 33 targets. And in 20, let's see, in 2018, he had 33 targets. And he only played six games. Last year, he played 14 and had 33 targets. So down year for Jack yep. Doyle, for sure. So I think it kind of bodes the question. I mean, can Jack Doyle still produce at a tight end one level? Because, I mean, he made the Pro Bowl in 2017, made mm -hmm. the Pro Bowl in 2019. Mm -hmm. So he's not that far away from a Pro Bowl caliber season so with jack doyle it could have been just just philip river style of play really the philip rivers didn't really use the tight ends too much last year even even when mo Ali cox would get going it'd only be a, yep. a few catches here or there so it could have been that it could have been that frank reich was getting a little bit away from the tight ends and using them more to block because of anthony costanzo's injury it could have been a variety of different things but but jack doyle i think 
with with what you said about Carson Wentz, because Carson Wentz historically has really loved using the tight end position as well. He, I mean, with mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, Dallas yes. Goddard, uh, Trey Burton, when Trey Burton was with the Eagles, Carson Wentz really loves the the tight ends and kind of similar to Andrew Luck. Carson Wentz uses the tight ends as security blankets. So I think if what we need to expect from Jack Doyle, when when you think about Jack Doyle, I mean, he's never been a a game breaker as a tight end. I think the longest catch in Jack Doyle's entire career is 28 yards. So, but he's still going to be that guy that consistently moves the chains down the field. So Mm -hmm. I think especially early in the season when Carson Wentz is trying to get that rhythm back, we could see that's when Jack Doyle is starting to produce games of of maybe four or five catches for for 60 yards or something and maybe a touchdown. So just be that security blanket for Carson Wentz as he starts to get his rhythm back uh i think jack can still do it i don't have high expectations of jack doyle but how much do you think those like you mentioned you know philip river style not only phil river style but again back to this whole mobility thing uh the tight ends had to have been getting used more as blockers this past year um as opposed to pass catchers i'm obviously you know mo alley cox produced in the end zone in the red zone um trey burton had some big first downs you know he wasn't high volume by any means but he had some big moments but yeah jack was the one typically kind of this like you said a security blanket or reliable um if things are breaking down you can pretty much guarantee he's finding an opening in the field um to at least get you some yardage um but he's a big time blocker as well do you think that he was just being used in that way more last year is that is that is that probably the main contributor to the lack of production last year It could have been, uh, and like I said, when when Costanza went out, Frank Reich had to really get creative because yeah. there just wasn't the quality depth at at tackle. And so Jack Doyle was used more as an inline blocker last mm-hmm. year, and and I think it, I mean it, it kind of all goes into it with that. Philip Rivers, I don't know if it, it wasn't necessarily that they weren't in sync, but it's almost like it just. Phil Rivers wasn't really looking Jack Doyle's direction, and and yeah. we're not we're not really used to that because Jacoby Brissett would look Jack Doyle's direction because really when well, while we had Eric Ebron out there, Eric Ebron was only there in, in obvious passing situations, which right. Doyle was in there on most every play just because of his ability to run block. I mean, yeah. Andrew Luck loved Jack Doyle. Andrew Luck looked for Jack Doyle all the time. So it's, it's just uh, it's almost like that connect, not, not necessarily that they didn't like each other, not saying that at yeah, all. It was no. just like that what connection wasn't there. So hopefully, yeah. And I think Carson Wentz, uh, when I was, when you've talked or you've heard Jack Doyle speak this off season with them both being in the Indy area all off season. And yeah. this is going to continue up until training camp. They've already thrown multiple times. I think Jack Doyle actually along with like Michael Pittman are the two guys that have thrown the most with Carson Wentz since he's gotten yeah. to Indy. And, and, and so I think, I think he, Jack Doyle will assume his normal role of being that security blanket. Now we, we have, Kylan Granson on the team, which we'll talk about. Mo Ali Cox, the Colts decide to give him a bigger role. Are they going to be the become the more receiving tight end threat, and maybe mm-hmm. that takes away some opportunities for Jack 
from Jack Doyle. We'll have to see. But but I, I, Jack Doyle can still do. He still got those very reliable hands, and I still think on third downs we're going to see Jack Doyle pick up his fair share of first downs this year. So it might not be a Pro Bowl year. Might not be necessarily a lot of volumes. But I think when called upon. I mean, we, we have confidence Jack Doyle can still get it done. Yeah, it's going to be significant moments of the game where you see him produce um, in the in, in the big moments that we need him the most, I think. Um, not as, not necessarily a volume, you know, large volume of production. Um, what should what should Mo Alley-Cox will be this year, Andrew? Um, my, my opinion is touchdowns. That's his role, touchdowns. He's, he's got to be in the red zone scoring touchdowns. I wrote this in my article this week, previewing the tight end position. I, I want the Colts to give Mo Alley Cox a shot. I think Mo Alley Cox should have a bigger role in this offense. Yeah. We saw it last year when, when Jack Doyle went down in weeks two and three and, and Trey Burton was still on the men from his injury. Yeah. Still trying to come back. When Mo Alley Cox was the featured tight end, I mean, against Minnesota, he had like five catches for 111 yards. The, I think it's one, I, I, I always forget who exactly it is, but one of the indie star guys calls Je- calls Mo Ali Cox like a a like a pissed off moose when he's running down the field, just because of how large that man is. I mean, he's six five, two hundred sixty pounds. When you look yeah. at his hands, he can pretty much. He- grasp an entire football yeah. like just all the way around his one his massive hands so i would love to see the colts give give mo alley cox more reps because not only is he has he proven that he is very efficient and and very tough in the running game blocking but each year we've seen mo alley cox progress and get better with his route running get better with his yeah. hands I, that that play against the Raiders in 2018, where he go went up and snagged it one handed for me. Oh Luck. God, that play still fresh in the back of my mind. But I would love to see. Oh yeah, I would love to see Mo Ali Cox get get more of a shot and more of an opportunity to really prove himself as a legitimate threat in this league. Because the more the more weapons we have on this offense, Frank Reich loves to spread it around. You know yeah. what I mean? He he doesn't like to just force feed a guy. So if you have T. Y. Hilton that's able to make explosive plays, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell. Kylan Granson, who it seems like can get down the field. Mm-hmm. And then you add Mo Alley Cox, this just massive beast that can get yeah. a middle get over across the middle and make tremendous catches. The more weapons, the more explosive elements you have to this offense, the better and the more it's going to help Carson Wentz. So honestly, if it's up to me, I would love to see Mo Alley Cox get a much needed increase in reps and in, in, in opportunities within this Colts offense. I agree. Sorry, there's a Bailey appearance today. Uh, we, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, Andrew. So I'm sure I'm anybody that listens to this by now has got to know Mo Alley Cox was not a football player in college, right? He was a basketball player. Um, I'm, did he play any football in college? He did not. The last time he That's played organized football before the Colts right. was his freshman year of high school. So and I I hate to keep beating this freaking horse, but with another full off season, you know, not COVID related, um, you know, and in another year in Frank Reich's offense, it's he spent the last few years not just 
kind of just working off the of raw athleticism. And over the last couple of years, you've seen him progress with his technique. Uh, like you said, route running, blocking, all these things. I mean, this is a year I think that you could see a breakout year from Mo Ali Cox um, if he's given the correct, you know, the, the right opportunities from the Colts um, moving forward this year. So, yeah, I think that athleticism built on top of, um, you know, hopefully some added technique and, you know, just knowledge of the playbook understanding why things are the way they are in the play, you know, for each play um, and each check and everything as opposed to just knowing it. Like you, you know, the routes now you need and and what your role is to understand why your role is the way it is. That's going to make him even better this year. That's my prediction. Um, and Kylan Granson. I mean, we we're probably aside from Quiddy pay. This is probably the most excited, exciting rookie prospect we have this year. Um, if he's as if he's as athletic uh, and and ready to go as you seem to think he is, I think he's going to have a special rookie year. Yeah, and I I think that Kylan Granson definitely has next to Quiddy Pay, he has the the biggest chance to make an impact this year for the Colts. Yeah. And I mean we talked uh, talked about him last week when we did New Kid at School. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a big piece on him this week for Horseshoe Huddle, part of the rookie files. Kylan Granson and, and when I was like really did diving deep into his backstory this kid's faced a lot of adversity Uh, he not only did he switch high schools three times or two times within a two-year span within high school he he broke his leg before his senior year like we said still came back and led his team to this to a state championship game started at rice was gray shirted which means he wasn't even going to be on scholarship till the second semester i didn't even know what a gray shirt was until you told that story himself a scholarship and played as a true freshman right and and then after that i mean he's at rice for two years head coach gets fired he leaves the program and enrolls at austin community college becomes a walk-on at SMU, turns ch- changes position again because he went from high school as a tight end, then a wide receiver at Rice, then to a hybrid tight end at SMU, and then just goes out there and dominates. So uh, when this kid faces adversity, it's it's when he shines. And, yeah. and I really think Kylan Granson, just with the athletic ability that he possesses, he's not a huge tight end. He's only six foot two, about 241 pounds. So he's not this big Bronkowski who's six seven, yeah, 260 pounds and his bulldozers. He's what he's gonna be what he's gonna do best is over the middle of the field, he's gonna use his acceleration and his quickness to get open. Now, the last two years at SMU. Kylan Granson averaged 16 yards per catch. I mean, this kid is just a very explosive athlete, and I think that's what the Colts are going to want to use him for. Frank Reich was so juiced to finally get an an explosive tight end. He hasn't had it since Eric Ebron, and when Eric Ebron was here fully healthy with Andrew Luck, I mean, he had 14 total touchdowns in 2018. The Colts are not necessarily expecting that from Kylan Granson this year, but they're expecting him to, to make an impact. Yeah. The kid's smart. He was recruited by Harvard. He's got a very high football IQ. So as far as grasping the playbook and grasping the offense, he shouldn't have a problem with that. That should actually bode well for him in, in making an impact sooner. So when you're, when you're bringing all of this into account, I think, 
Frank Reich is going to give him every opportunity to succeed yep. and put this kid in the best position, not only to to have an impact quickly, but really to bring his confidence up and, and show that this kid is a legitimate threat in this league, whether it's inside, outside, in the backfield. This kid, that's the thing with Colin Granson, too. I know I'm going on a tangent, but I'm, I'm just very excited Only about a little. what this kid can bring to the table, especially when Frank, when Frank Wright gets his hands on him and, and, and can put him in the positions to succeed. Yeah. Um, Boy, I had something else to say about him, and you just kept on going. Who would you – I remember. Who would you – real quick, if if there was another tight end of the league, in the league um, who you would compare Kylan Granson to um, just to give the fans an idea of what they're looking at with this guy, what's your best guess? I would say he is more – Honestly, he's like a more athletic Trey Burton because they're they're very similar in size. Trey yeah. Burton's about 6'2", 240, but but Kylan Granson is better at acceleration. He he's he's quicker, and I think he can create separation better in, in the middle of the field and really make those more explosive plays. So, kind of imagine Trey Burton's style or, or, or body type, I should say, but more of a style like like Darren Waller. Because okay. Kylan Granson is more of that wide receiver tight end kind of build. So a mix up of play style of Darren Waller with the body type of Trey Burton. Okay. Uh I love that. I mean, and is he is he gonna be used? Do you think? I'm hoping, you know, because blocking is so important to the Colts offense. Um, you gotta be able to block to be able to be on our roster. Um, especially tight ends and wide receivers still. Uh, do you think though, that if that's something he needs to brush up on, we'll still be willing to try to use him more in the passing game? The thing about Kyron Granson is he wasn't drafted to be a blocker. The Colts have the blocking covered with their tight end group. Jack, Jack Doyle's phenomenal blocker. Molly Cox is a great blocker. Mm -hmm. Kylan Granson was drafted to be that mismatch in the passing game. The Eric Ebron role that Frank Reich loves to use in this offense, which by the way, Eric Ebron and and the thing is blocking. He needs to work on it. Eric Ebron is a good pass catching tight end. I mean, he drops the ones that are the most important, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, the man made some plays when he was in Indianapolis Colts. So that's, I mean, I, I love the idea of uh, having another guy like that in the Frank Reich offense. Uh, that's tight ends. Anything else on tight ends, Andrew? I think I think the only last thing I want to say is I, I expect this group to to be more involved this year. It just didn't seem like they seemed like Philip Rivers was more towards the wide receivers last year. We didn't see much as the tight ends as we're used to seeing in the Frank Reich offense. I think that'll change some this year. Yeah. With just Frank Reich wanting them to get more involved, plus Carson Wentz's love for tight ends. Uh expect more targets and more more touchdowns from that group this year. Yeah, I felt uh especially for some reason passes to Trey Burton. I think Trey Burton had that one good game, and for some reason all of a sudden uh, he became Phil's security blanket for a minute, and Phil just threw some ugly, unnecessary dumb balls to him um, at one point in the season. Uh, So, yeah, I expect 
the our tight end group to produce a lot more this year. Uh, let's move along to a couple of good pieces of Indianapolis Colts news. Uh, training camp schedule's out, uh, so I don't know how much any of you actually care about that, but training camp schedule right here for you. Right. Uh, <laughs> we got some stuff in July, you know, four days in July. Um, the Colts don't have any stretches of more than four days in a row without a day off. Um, I think I saw one stretch that I think I would have been really annoyed by if I was the Colts. Oh, they've got a stretch of four, one day off, uh, one day on, one day off, stretch of three days. Just give them the two days off and do another four-day stretch. If I'm if I'm a Colts player, that's what I'm thinking. But um, You catching any of these camp days, Andrew? I'm going to try to get to a couple of them. Um, Are you going to be credentialed for any of these some, camp days? some insider information while I'm there. That's, that's uh, unknown at this point. Uh, hopefully, because then then I'd be able to to get some great information to, to share on the podcast. But um, another thing is, I mean, we already talked about they're going to have the joint practices with the Carolina Panthers a few days before that game. Um, and then this year we're used to camp kind of ending around like August 15th. Yeah. Camp's going pretty late this year. And I don't know if that's because there's one less preseason game. So they're adding more camp practices or it's because the Colts scaled back in the off season workouts. Sure. Uh, making camp a little bit longer um but but they're definitely they're definitely making sure they get plenty of rest days with not going longer than four days in a row so um hopefully i'll be able to get to go to some get get some credentials and and bring you guys some some pretty in-depth news on what's going on there that'd be uh very cool i would i would like that a lot uh and this this piece of news here is hilarious to me uh be Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be 100% capacity this year. Okay, let's go, Colts fans. Let's go fill up Lucas Oil again. COVID, fuck you. Um, So this is what's funny about this to me. Okay, so when all the teams started announcing they expected to be at 100% this year, nobody made it official. Okay, it wasn't official yet, right? And then I found out 30 of the 32 teams had had made these statements that that was their expectation. And the Colts were one of the two teams who had not, which was so weird because I expected us to be one of the first um, to make that announcement. And then we turn around and we're the first ones to get the actual for sure go-ahead green light. Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be rocking this year. I can't wait that first game week one against Seattle, not only is, is the entire crowd going to be rocking just because it's Carson Wentz's Colts debut, T.Y. came home, so you already know everyone's going to be rocking ready for T.Y. Hilton. So it's 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 going to be a fantastic opener. And, and last year, going to Lucas Oil Stadium um, with only about 12,000 fans or so, mm-hmm. it was – it was just it just wasn't right. So I'm glad there's going to be 63,000 fans in there rocking and uh, and ready to go. I'm so excited. I am excited as well. Uh, sorry about that. Having a listen. I'm trying to get my Jeep back today. Okay, had a little issue with the car dealership not calling <laughs> me back all day. Just had a moment. Um, let's move it along, Andrew. Up next, we're going to do the division breakdown. 
as I try to bring that up like an asshole. That one's always a quick transition from Colts news to this divisional breakdown. I got buttons to click. Anyway, AFC Even West. producer stuff. AFC West. I got all. I got a lot going on. I'm a popular guy. I'm a busy guy. Um, AFC West. Let's start off with the Chiefs, Andrew. Um, it, well, real quick, the AFC West does face the AFC North and the NFC East. Uh, so you're gonna. I mean, every all these teams are gonna be playing. The Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Dallas, Eagles, Cowboys, already said Dallas, Giants, and the Washington football team, who may have a new name before the start of the season. Um, anyway, Chiefs coming off the 31-9 to loss in the Super Bowl. No touchdowns, 14-2 and record last year. Uh, heartbreaking stuff for them. Free agency, if I miss anything, Andrew, that you know off the top of your head, obviously, uh, chip in here. Uh, they pick up guard Joe Thune, big money for him. Uh, Kyle Long comes out of retirement for a year at guard. Uh, good for him. Wants to go get a Super Bowl probably. Uh, and they has got tight end, I'm sorry, t- tackle uh, Mike Remmers on a one-year deal. So uh, a couple guys did leave that offensive line. Not necessarily a bad thing for them. They did pick up some good football players. Kyle Long underrated, I would say, um, you know, Probably because he's an offensive lineman. Probably doesn't get the attention, you know, that uh, uh, his brother got, his dad got. Um, but a good football player. So they, they do have a good pickup there. Um, they're able to hang on to um, strong safety, Daniel Sorensen. I think that dude just flies. What do you think about Daniel Sorensen? He's more of like a safety linebacker yeah. hybrid type player. He, he he really is. He's all over the field. Uh, he he definitely hits hard, and I think he brings. I mean, you've got Tyron Matthew on that defense, so you yeah. got you got edge enough. But I, I think he does bring an added edge to to that to that defense of the Chiefs. Yeah, um, wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. Uh, and obviously we've talked about the gigantic extension that Patrick Mahomes got the 10 year deal. Um, and he did have foot surgery this summer. So going to be looking out at, you know, for him on that. Uh, they did lose, I guess if you want to call it a loss, Sammy Watkins, um, he's, he's off to the Ravens, Eric Fisher, obviously come to the Colts, uh, Damian Williams, their backup running back. Uh, he did some, you know, he had some productive, games in the playoffs uh the last two years so um we'll see how that loss affects them or how much uh they're now second year running back what's his what's his name Clyde Edwards Alaire Alaire yeah uh we'll see how he does uh guy out of LSU cornerback Rashad Breland gone Le'Veon Bell obviously gone don't disrespect Andy Reid don't do that I'm I'm off the Le'Veon Bell train forever are you happy now and listen so for those that i mean this is before we started the podcast when Le'Veon bell wanted out of pittsburgh brandon was all on the train hey of the colts trading for Le'Veon bell and i told him we don't need that we've got marlon mack we're we're all solid and then as soon as he left pittsburgh man Le'Veon bell has gone straight down to absolutely nothing so listen I mean, just just I'm just telling to you. Listen to me, and I'll keep you educated, Brandon. Before he got stuck on the freaking Jets, okay, behind our offensive line, 
Le'Veon Bell would have had him a couple of years, okay? Like, we got to admit, Le'Veon Bell would have had him a couple of years behind our offensive line. We're... As with the Jets, they don't have an offensive line. It, move it along. Sorry. Uh, defensive end Okafor, uh, to be determined. No new deal. Did he retire or something? What, what's the deal with Okafor? Do you know? No, he hasn't retired yet. Um, I mean, the big defensive end news with the Chiefs was Frank Clark. We talked about it last yeah. week. Tough. Getting arrested for having a news. Maybe Okafor is going to be getting a deal um, soon. But I, I think... I think <laughs> Right. I think for me, just on the, the free agency, just all the offseason moves for the Chiefs, the big thing was obviously the offensive line. Uh, there was a lot of turnover in the offensive line. Obviously, they got rid of, they cut Eric Fisher. They uh, cut uh, Mitchell Schwartz, who was an all-pro right tackle for them. And you saw that when they, the Chiefs offensive line were missing those two in the Super Bowl, it was an absolute mess. So yeah. getting Joe Thune, Kyle Long, Mike Remmers, they're remaking this offensive line and really making per- the protection of Patrick Mahomes the top priority. And it needs to be. They saw what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just so obvious. Um, unfortunately for them in the draft, they did not have a first-round pick. Their second-round pick was a linebacker out of Missouri, Nick Bolton, um, and another second-round pick, um, Creed Humphrey, center from Oklahoma. So another addition to the offensive line. So the re- and they didn't have a first-round pick, and we didn't mention this as a pickup. They traded for Orlando Brown Jr. Oh, shit, from the I Ravens, forgot all about Orlando Brown. So he will Brown. be their new left tackle for the Kansas City for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's why they didn't have that first round pick. And Orlando Brown Jr. Yep. is a pretty talented tackle. So we'll see how that works out. Because he was was a right I tackle. Forgot all Wanted about to play left tackle. Ravens didn't want to pay him left tackle money. So now he's going to be pay, getting left tackle yeah. money with the Chiefs and playing that position. I did forget all about Orlando Brown. That's on me. Like I said, the tracker I, I, I'm using to get all these trade or signings and whatnot doesn't include the trades. Um, schedule. How many, how many primetime games do you guess? You already saw the outline. Five primetime games uh, with a bye in week 12. A <laughs> uh, couple notable games. Love, love the Browns week one. I love that rematch in week one. That's going to be a hell of a game. That's a one o'clock game. That's in the first wave of games in the day. That's going to be hard to watch that one and the Colts and Seahawks. Well, I'll be at Colton Seahawks, so yeah. that won't be a problem for me. I will not but be it's at that be one. A great game, dude. I'm gonna be on my way home, maybe during that game, like moving back to Indiana. Not good for me. Um, moving along here, uh, and then later in the uh, season, they have a run of Bills, Washington Football Team, and Titans. Who, which all three teams, I think you and I probably agree, are going to be good. The Washington football team is on their way up. Ron Rivera's doing good stuff over there. What they were able to do in the playoffs last year was crazy. So, um, And then Green Bay Week 9, always love Mahomes and Rodgers going at it. Um, my quick summary on them. If Rodgers go ahead. is still playing. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're good point. Maybe, you know if what, Rodgers the Packers, still playing. <laughs> anything I say about the Packers, about that being important football uh, going forward, just, you know, that's me assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Asterisks on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chiefs coming off of two Super Bowl appearances, three AFC championships in a row. Uh, I don't know, Andrew. You got to wonder. Do you think these runs take a toll on them, or if they're able to maintain? Uh, you know, being able to push on the gas pedal, and let alone having the motivation uh, to keep going. Those are deep runs, and and the Patriots are special. 
you know, all those Patriots runs are special because somehow they kept doing it. I mean, even just the AFC Championship games are impressive. Can the Chiefs do that? Or do these runs kill them? It's it's going to be tough because there there is that some people might lose the motivation, but other teams are gunning for them, and and that takes a toll on you. The Buffalo Bills are looking to take that next step. The Cleveland Browns have gotten considerably better. Baltimore is is trying to get there. Who knows what the Colts are going to look like with Carson Wentz if they could take the next yep. step into becoming an AFC contender. So there's a lot of good young AFC teams that are going to be fighting and 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 gunning for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we, it's we're getting to the point where we can't just automatically put the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game each year because there's a lot of good football teams in the AFC. Right. Uh, and then you got Mahomes coming off this foot surgery. It does leave a question mark. We assume he's going to be fine. We assume he's still going to be Mahomes, but sometimes injuries uh, and surgeries cause some problems. Uh, but they did do what they needed to this offseason to protect him. They're still the most dangerous offense in football. Uh, especially if he can get some more time in the backfield, um, stop making him run for his life, they might be able to make another run. It's not out of the question. But for them to have a slide this year would not be historically a historical anomaly, that's for sure. Um, sorry it's so much Chiefs talk, but, you know, I mean, they're the team in the AFC. They're the team to beat in the AFC, and that's who, that's who you got to talk about. Um, moving along here to the Raiders. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders eight and eight last season. Uh, they were busy in free agency. Uh, I can't even remember all the guys they, they let go, but I've got, you know, a list here. Uh, but they did pick up defensive end Yannick and Gakwe on a two year deal. Okay. So maybe, maybe he stays somewhere for more than one year. Um, running back Kenyon Drake <laughs> on a two year, $11 million deal. Kenyon Drake, not a bad running back. Uh, wide receiver John Brown on a year deal. Defensive end Solomon Thomas. Defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson. Wide receiver Willie Sneed, who is sneaky good. Um, strong safety Carl Joseph. And center Andre James. So they've lost pretty much their entire offensive line, I believe. Everybody's been talking about how shitty they did in free agency. That list right there, those, those are some good additions to that football team. Yeah, it is. They... I, th I like the combination of Kenyon Drake and, and Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Yeah. Kind of getting that, that two-headed monster to help take the pressure off Derek Carr. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, I thought, was would have been a good signing for the Colts. Obviously, went out to Las Vegas. I was a big fan of Solomon, Solomon Thomas as well, yeah. possibly joining the Colts' defensive line. Uh, the, the, Raiders, the Raiders are, ever since Mike Mayock and John Gruden have gotten there, they're not the conventional team. They do a lot of out-of-the-box things, yeah. and they do a lot of things you don't expect them to do. So some of these moves you you really wouldn't wouldn't necessarily predict. Um, putting John Brown on the team gives Derek Carr another weapon besides Darren Waller because um, Henry Ruggs III, while he had some moments, he was still a rookie wide receiver. I expect him to probably take a little bit of a jump. They've got some speedsters now on the mm -hmm. outside. So uh, the Raiders definitely took a different approach to free agency yeah. than the Colts did. Yeah. Uh, cut Richie Incognito, traded their, like I said, traded their whole offensive line away. Guard Gabe Jackson, center Rodney Hudson, tackle Trent Brown. Um, Nelson Aguilar went to the Patriots, running back Devontae Booker to the Giants. I, wasn't he good? Is he good? 
Or am I thinking who's their other he's running back? Spells. He's not Jacobs. That's Josh who I'm Jacobs. thinking of. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay, that makes me feel better about letting Fonte Booker go. I think I had Josh Jacobs on my mind. I'm like, what the fuck are they thinking? <laughs> um, and Vic Beasley still not re-signed if he gets re-signed. Um the draft, though, Andrew, round one, pick 17, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Uh, everybody regarded him as one of the most you, – you love the guy. I mean, he's one of the most NFL-ready tackles in the draft. They got him, uh, as well as a safety in round two. He, I'm a fan of Alex Leatherwood. I was not a fan of him at that spot. I mean – Good for the Raiders yeah. because that allowed Quiddy Pay to continue to fall to us. Yep. But Alex Otherwood, I thought, was at, at, like at his best. Best, absolute best ranking was end of first round, more like top, middle of the second round pick yeah. because he doesn't have the standard link to play offensive tackle. A lot of teams saw him at guard. I said he could probably play tackle, but but you're looking for, I mean, with Christian Darisaw still on the board, uh, Tim yeah. Jenkins was still on the board at that point. I would have taken one of them easily before I would sure. have taken Alex Otherwood. Uh, schedule, they do have three primetime games, which I find hilarious, uh, considering they're eight and eight last season, but they're the, they're the Raiders. They're in Las Vegas now. That's the way the money works. Um, by week eight, notable games, Ravens week one, Monday night football. That's an awesome football game. Uh, and then followed up right in a row Steelers and Miami. That's a tough first three games. Um, they've got their work cut out for them. Possible Justin Fields meeting week five, um, and obviously we play him in Indy uh, week 17. Um, we seem to struggle with that Raiders team. I mean, we end up winning, I feel like, but I feel like it's always a tight game. It was a tight game last year until the end, and then after, yeah. as soon as the Kenny Moore one-handed pick happened, the Colts just ran Kenny out. Kenny Moore the second, Andrew. Put some respect on be, that second. Uh, Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore the second. That's gonna that could possibly be a a pretty big game because yeah. it's an AFC matchup. Week it's 17. at the end of the year. It could factor into the tiebreaker situation. So the Colts, the Colts are gonna have to take care of business that week. Um, but yeah, they play the like you said, Ravens Monday Night Football Week One. That's tough. The Steelers and Miami is gonna be tough. It's the the Raiders Browns. don't have an easy schedule by any means, and a lot of turnover with this team. They're the well, plus. I think the Chargers are gonna be better. They're gonna have to put some work in this season if they wanna be uh, have a chance at a wild card break. Because I don't yeah. think they're div- ready for a division title. Yeah, I said the Raiders got a chance this year. Uh, looks like they've got some more weapons for Carr, who, by the way, does seem to be moving back towards you know that almost MVP level um, that he had a few years ago before he broke his leg against Colts. Um, the defense still somehow got better. Uh, you know, because that, that was good. It wasn't a bad defense last year, uh, but obviously offensive line concerns. In real, all reality, oh, they, they did make some moves. They were terrible on defense last year. Yeah, they what? were terrible were they? on defense last year. When you look at all their statistics, well, then yeah, I forgot. Oh, they were god awful on defense. Well, last then year. I forgot. But you know what? <laughs> Can't forget the absolute weapon they have at tight end and uh, Waller. So we'll see how they do. Chargers seven and nine last year. Um, free agency. We'll speed through the Chargers and Broncos a little faster here. Um, pick up. Uh, I don't know why I said. Uh, Oh, I said Corey Lindsley got paid, buddy. Uh, five years, $62.5 to get Lindsley away from Green Bay. Um, center. 
Uh, right tackle, Matt Feeler, three years, $21 million. Tight end, Jared Cook, one year. Uh, and quarterback legend, quarterback backup legend, uh, Chase Daniel. Uh, it looks like they're making an attempt to protect their franchise quarterback, who is, hello, Bailey, a legitimate, uh, legitimate franchise quarterback. Um, gone, huge loss to Sam Tevy to the Colts, obviously. Uh, a couple of a couple of guards, uh, Hunter Henry, I think, is probably the most damaging thing, um, along with Rayshon Jenkins, Tyrod Taylor, who's going to be probably the starter in Houston. Um, I don't know. Melvin Ingram and Mike Pouncey, I think, are still up in the air. Pouncey retired, and Maybe. Melvin Ingram is out there. Um, but he, he's not going to come back. If they, if they were going to bring him back, they would have signed him already. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right, though. I mean, Hunter Henry, the thing about Hunter Henry is he he just was he could never stay healthy, and the Chargers yeah. weren't going to pay that top money that he, he was requesting. I do think it's a fantastic move, though, that they are putting such an emphasis on protecting Justin Herbert. I mean, Have Justin to. Herbert is their franchise quarterback. He's a star. That's yeah. what he is. Corey Lindsley, probably one of the best, if not the best center in the entire league, gets paid like it. Um, we're going to talk about who they who they drafted to help yep. protect Justin Herbert. Um, I was a huge fan of, of almost all the moves that the Chargers made this offseason. Uh, round one, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern at pick 13. Um, like you said, they drafted somebody to help protect Herbert as well. Round two, Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. Uh, and they had a couple of round three picks, maybe a little help at wide receiver and Josh Palmer and tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia. Rashawn Slater, a lot of people considered him offensive tackle number one ahead of Penny Sewell. So yeah. fantastic get there at 13. Josh Palmer, I was a big fan of his. We talked about him. We were previewing wide receivers before the draft. Thought he was going to be a great mid-round pick, so that's another weapon for, for Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers nailed the draft, especially that Rashawn Slater pick, because that that will probably be the Chargers left tackle for, for years and years to come. Uh, they're going to have, and again, they're an L.A. team three primetime games here's what's smart about that uh even though they stink or stunk justin herbert you want that kid in front of a national audience a few times this year for sure um if i'm the if you're the nfl you want that obviously okay by week seven um notable games they open at washington uh new england on halloween nothing else really um it depends on how the vikings play um honestly with the ease of this schedule, they might have a chance at a playoff run. I think the key is going to be Justin Herbert, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, is he going to get better or is he going to get worse? Um, a little more protection, obviously, you know, can make a difference. Um, he's got to win the close ones, push that team to some Ws that maybe they shouldn't get. You know what I mean? Like, that's his next step is can he will a team to some wins, kind of like a Carson Wentz in 2018-2019. Um but can they can they beat the Chiefs one time? I think if they beat the Chiefs one time. They're definitely in the playoffs because they're playing some good football. Um, we'll see. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I I would consider I would consider the Chargers as as one of my seven playoff teams for the AFC right now. I think if Justin Herbert continues to excel and just with the pieces they've been able to put around him, especially on that offensive line, and and just as a, a fan of football in general. I kind of want to see the Chargers get 
better and have a legitimate team. So that way we can see those battles between a Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. a Justin Herbert twice a year, every year, because I mean, with, with Herbert being what, 23, 24, Mahomes, 20, 26, 27, something like that. These, both these guys are going to be with their teams for, for, for forever, for a long time. And, and, um, and it's just going to be exciting to watch those matchups. Yeah, there's your charger for the Colts, but hopefully yeah. Carson Wentz can enter that realm. I was just saying, I there's the Chargers logo for you guys. You know, thought I might want to throw that up there right at the end of talking about them. Uh, let's move along to the Broncos. <laughs> Producer Brandon wearing too many hats. Uh, Broncos five and eleven last season. They pick up cornerback Ronald Darby, uh, three years, thirty mil. Cornerback Kyle Fuller, one year, nine point five mil. Not a bad. Not a bad couple of guys on the outside. Uh, and then they re-signed uh, strong safety Kareem Jackson to another year. Uh, but, yeah, those corner that's a couple of good corners. Yeah. They, their secondary is fantastic. I mean, they a lot, not only do they have Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Kareem Jackson, uh, didn't they just come to terms with – um, with their starting free safety. Oh, it's it's going to bug me because he's the best safety in the He's one of the best safeties in the league. And I and now I'm missing his name. But but that secondary is is going to be dangerous for, for a long time because they've got young guys and, and the guys on their secondary, very aggressive, but they make very good plays on the ball. So that 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 second, we go from Champ Bailey and Aqib Tlaib Justin when they Simmons. won the title. Uh now they've got a really strong secondary again. Justin Simmons, there we go. So I'm I'm really excited to see what the secondary can do for the Denver Broncos. On a well-coached defense as well. And if you get uh if you get uh Von Miller back this year playing well, I mean, who knows? Their defense could turn it around. Um the cra- and I'll just say it, I was gonna wait. The crazy thing is the question is their offense, which it shouldn't be. That offense has got some of the best weapons in the league. I mean, absolutely great unit, but you just don't know a quarterback between Teddy Bridgewater now and Drew Locke uh, because they also I mean, signed, they, could they got Teddy Bridgewater. Really, they could really use an MVP caliber quarterback, maybe someone that wears number 12, maybe yeah. someone that likes oh God, to dude, long if the Broncos got If the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos, though, sorry, Chiefs, not, not this year. <laughs> this year's not your year, I'm telling you. Uh, but in the draft, uh, I'm sorry, they let a- uh, A.J. Boyego, uh, outside linebacker, Jeremiah Atachu, uh, who signed two years with the Bears, five and a half mil. Uh, Phil Plinzi's gone too, which kind of was a household name for a while. Um, in the draft, round one, pick nine, Patrick Sertan, another great corner, uh, who if he's is NFL ready, as they say. I mean, they got depth now at cornerback as well. Um, round two, pick 35, Javante Williams, running back out of North Carolina. Uh, that's really the only reason I brought him up. Uh, round three, pick 98, uh, Quinn Maynard, guard out of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. So a little protection for whatever quarterback's going to be playing. You have something? So. So when you're talking about when you're talking about that secondary again, you're gonna have Kyle Fuller and Patrick Sertan on the outside. You got Ronald Darby in the slot, then Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson at the safety positions. That's that's tough. 
that's a tough secondary. That's a couple of tough days for Patrick Mahomes. We'll see. Yeah. Um, boo Schedule. Primetime game one. Bye week 11. Notable games. Uh, easy start. Um, although they both are away games. Giants and Jags. Um, which, you know, playing early in the season in Jacksonville is not fun. Uh, then they got the Jets at home. One primetime game is away at Cleveland, uh, and they finish off the season at home against the Chiefs, which that could be the biggest game in the AFC next at the end of the season. Who knows? Um, so, like I said, obvious emphasis uh, on the secondary, loaded with offensive weapons. Von Miller should be back. Questions at quarterback are going to be the difference maker um, this season for the Broncos. Yeah, it's uh, like... You're absolutely right, because when you think about it, Cortland Sutton should be back. Jerry Judy's going to have his second year. Noah Fant yep. is a weapon in that in that secondary, or not that secondary, that offense. Uh, Melvin Gordon will be there as the starting running back. So is it going to be Drew Locke to Bridgewater? Are they going to make a huge trade for Aaron Rodgers? It's, we'll have to see. The Broncos, are, Broncos season could go a lot of different ways just by a just by the quarterback position. Yeah. It really good. It could either be very good, very bad, somewhere in between. It's going to be fun to watch. All right. We got to move it along, but real quick, your prediction, Andrew, uh, for the results of that division. I'll go first since you got to think. I've got so, Chiefs. I've got okay. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. But after talking about the Broncos and that defense, I might have to switch the Broncos to getting third in that division. It, I would not bet on this one. I would not bet on this this finish at all. So I last week we didn't have a single one in the same spot, and I think this week we're going to be exactly the same. I'll go, I think Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, as of right now, I think that's that's very good pick and, and how it should end up. If the Broncos make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, I think it's Broncos and Chiefs neck and neck for that division title, and you slide down the Chargers to third with the Raiders solidly in that fourth spot. All right, Andrew, let's move it along to some NFL news. Uh, Saints sign offensive tackle Ryan Ramchek to a five-year, $96 million extension, $60 million guaranteed, making him the highest-paid right tackle in football. Andrew, tell the fans why that matters. Matters because Braden Smith's contract extension is coming up here pretty soon. So with Ryan Ramchek basically resetting the market for right tackles mm -hmm. and, and Braden Smith's not going to get Ramchek money because Ryan Ramchek is probably the best right tackle in football. Correct. Consensus all pro and and really he's on a different level than everyone else. But but with him getting about 19 to 20 million a year, I could see Braden Smith getting maybe 15 to 17 million dollars yeah. a year rather than the traditional maybe high end of 10 to 12 for a right tackle. Right. So so Braden Smith's contract isn't going to be cheap. His extension isn't going to be cheap, but it's it's well worth it because Braden Smith has established himself as one of the best right tackles in the entire league. So uh but yeah, definitely definitely has implications for for the Colts on on re-signing uh, re and extending Smith. Did you see what your buddy Jake Arthur tweeted? He quote tweeted some idiot that said Darius Leonard of the three guys that still need signed is probably going to be the one that we end up having to let go. And the guy said, my gut, 
Darius Leonard's gone. And I said, and Jake quote tweeted and was like, ah, no, probably not. Let's not be crazy. And I said, uh, his gut is wrong. <laughs> Period. The end. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Darius Leonard's not going anywhere. Uh, some more, or not some more. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Washington football team is being fined $10 million by the NFL after their investigation into the team's culture and workplace. All that drama from last summer. Um, All the money is going to be donated to charity. That's pretty cool. Good for the NFL doing that. Um, Do you you have anything? That's it on that. Um, yeah, pretty much. If we knew the NFL was going to lay the hammer down and then deservedly so, what was going on there in Washington was pretty disgusting and, and good. Glad the money's being put to a good cause. How ironic that, that when did, when did they make that announcement? The, for the fine, the fine, the fine or the fine investigation. It was this week. I, I forget. It was earlier this week. It How was ironic that Bill Cosby gets released from prison a few days later. Jesus. Not good. Not good for, uh, you know, not a good week. Um, piece of shit. Uh, the 49ers, Cowboys, and Jaguars have all been fined by the... More fines. That's where I was getting at earlier when I said more. Uh, have all been fined by the NFL for their for off-season workout violations. All three head coaches receive fines as well. What did they do, Andrew? So they were breaking rules of OTAs. It, 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 it kind of just varied by team. They didn't really announce it, but it could okay. be uh, either... They had contact because you're really not supposed to have contact, no TAs, right. uh, longer practices than they should have been, things of that nature. But because OTA is supposed to be light, and, and obviously they didn't do that, so the NFL slapped them on the wrist pretty much. Well, Cowboys are going to be getting their money back uh, off some hard knocks money. The NFL, uh, or I'm sorry, the Dallas Cowboys are expected to be the team to be featured on HBO's hard knocks this season. Love it. We talked about this. Did we talk about it, or was that off-air? We definitely talked about it off-air, but I didn't know if we talked about it on-air. Um, love it. I mean, that's a good fit. It works. It was them or the Jags. This will be the th- yeah. This will be the third time that the Dallas Cowboys have been on Hard Knocks. Um, there's a lot of storylines with the Cowboys, too, yeah. with how bad the team was last year, Dak Prescott coming back, um, how Zeke is going to rebound. It's it's going to be a fun season of Hard Knocks. McCarthy. And, and we're going to break it all down like we did last year. I think that was fun, so we'll do it again. Yeah, we definitely McCarthy, will. McCarthy, yep. Yeah, I, I love that McCarthy's going to be on it. He's electric. Um, let's move it along, Andrew, to your segment, The New Kid at School. Seeing this week because... I felt bad about last week. I made the bell way too quiet, but you get it. <laughs> so new kid at school this week, we're going Sean Davis, uh, the Colts, the uh, fifth round selection in the NFL draft. He was selected at the 165th pick this year, uh, born and raised in Miami. And he actually, before he even made it to high school, when he was just a little kid playing peewee football, he already started generating some buzz for himself. Uh, he was one of the top players on the youth team, the uh, po- 
Palmento Bay Broncos was his youth team. And he already started, a lot of people in the area were kind of wondering where he'd go to high school, where he'd play football. So already getting attention from a young age. He did end up enrolling at Southridge High School, or Southridge Senior High School, excuse me, and started out on junior varsity. He didn't stay there long because coaches had to move him up to varsity almost immediately because he had four interceptions in his first four games on junior varsity as a freshman. So he immediately got moved up to to the varsity team. And then by his junior year, he on that season, he had 27 tackles, two interceptions. And as a senior, he led Southridge to the class 8A state championship and he earned first team all state honors in, in 2016. Now, when you're talking about this, he was still only a three-star prospect because he played, he was kind of just a, a hybrid defensive black, played some corner, played some safety. It was all over the place, but he did receive, even though he's only a three-star, he received scholarship offers from, from actually a few dozen schools, believe it or not. Uh, and he ended up committing to Florida over the Miami Hurricanes, Alabama, LSU, and USC. Those were his top five. Uh, and instead of going with the hometown of the U of Miami, he went down to Gainesville. Up and to Gainesville. and it didn't, he didn't really start out too great at Florida. Up to Gainesville, you get it. He didn't really start out with a, with a bang at Florida. He mostly played as a reserve and on special teams in his freshman year. And yeah. he missed the first four games of his sophomore year due to injury. So it really wasn't until his junior season when he entered the starting lineup. But that's when he made an immediate impact as soon as he did. Um, he had 51 tackles, six pass deflections, and three interceptions which one he returned for a touchdown even his junior year. So he mm -hmm. pretty much solidified himself as a starter as soon as he entered the lineup. And and now while again he missed the final five games of his senior year due to injuries, he still led the Florida Gators in, in interceptions with two that year, had forty tackles in in seven games. So when he was out there, he was pretty electric, but it, he did have some injury issues throughout his college career, which definitely didn't help him and he missed quite a few games. Um but hey they, he still earned an invite to the senior bowl and you know, Chris Ballard and the Colts, they love the guys yep. that are at the senior bowl. They love getting up close and, and seeing a good look at them there at the senior bowl. Yep. And, and that's where the Colts really, really got on him. Now moving on to how he's going to have uh, an impact with the Colts. Number one thing that stands out with Sean Davis Incredibly high football IQ. We talked about Kylan Granson's high football IQ. Sean Davis is the same way. Mm -hmm. The Florida coaches called him the quarterback of the secondary. And, and Chris Ballard this offseason has compared him to where Kari Willis was as a rookie coming in as far as football IQ. Very, very mature. A guy that, that has his head on straight, just head first into the playbook very smart guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's very, very rangy and a twitchy athlete. So I see him playing more of a, of a free safety type. So he'll probably be the backup to Julian Blackman and he can cover a lot of ground quickly. So you watch the film, Sean Davis is all over the field. He's got a big nose for the football too. five interceptions in 19 games. His final two years of Florida, the Colts love to draft guys and get guys on their team that, that, that can create turnovers on defense break up passes, just always around the ball. And that's what Sean Davis does. Um, now, he is a tad undersized for a safety. Uh, uh -huh. He was 5'11 and 199 pounds. And, and he definitely needs to sure up his tackling. When you watch the film, he's kind of a guy that likes to put his head down when, yeah. he's, when he's running towards someone to tackle. Batty Ibrafus is going to have to work on him with that. 
especially with the loafing system. You don't want to be missing tackles. Um, but as far as an immediate impact with the Colts, I see Sean Davis as a reserve safety a guy that will probably, if the Colts do start to use more three safety looks, Sean Davis could be, enter that lineup. Definitely will be probably the free safety backup, and he'll have an immediate impact on special teams as well. But but with a guy of that high of football IQ, it's definitely good to have those smart reserves that can pick up things quickly, and, and he seems ready to work. So uh, Love that's it. Sean Davis. All right. Uh, that's it. New kid at school, another good one, Andrew. Um, next week, we should be back to our normal Sunday schedule. Uh, talk about the defense, offensive line. Talk offensive about the offensive lineman. line. Um, as well as the... You want me to talk about... Listen, here, here's what we'll do. If you're watching this, go down in the comments... And tell me if you want to see AFC West or NFC, NFC West or AFC North. Sorry. Woo. The original two I was thinking about going with first. Those are two really intriguing uh, intriguing ones to me. Um, so those are the two that you get to choose from. Leave a comment. If you're listening on the podcast, go tweet at us. Leave it a review. Something. Somebody tell me which one to do next. Please. Um. Maybe Rams and maybe AFC, maybe NFC West, but we'll see. Go follow us at the at the educated fan underscore the educated fan underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, please go follow us on Instagram uh, as well as on Facebook. You can uh, like us, follow us, whatever the hell it's called on there. At it's just the educated fan. I hit the wrong button. Um, and then also. I got a new little pop-up, Andrew. I'm trying to do the new pop-up. Bang. Boom. Go to our website, theeducatedfan.com, and now you can see it. See what I did there? I'm getting cool with stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's that, that's it, I think. Um, thanks for, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, Andrew, see if we time this right today. I'm going to need a big... Uh, wait for it. Wait for it. And... Go Colts. I love football and I love you guys. Let's try it again. Need you to come in earlier with the delay here, okay? Here, we're going to try it again, everybody. You ready? Little low beat. I love this song. I love what I made out of this. All right. Celebrate America this weekend. Go Colts. Go Colts. <laughs>